Welcome to the 2022 Tech Congress series. My name is Catherine, and this series will follow our 2022 fellows as they make their way to Congress. We'll keep in touch with them throughout the year and follow up with them at the end of the fellowship to explore the highs, the lows, the surprises, and the evolution of their experience. A little bit of background, Tech Congress was created after our founder, Travis Moore, saw the lack of technical expertise while working as a staffer in Congress. Today, we will be interviewing Ro Encarnacion, a 2022 Congressional Innovation Fellow. Ro is a technologist interested in policy questions at the intersection of algorithmic fairness, markets, and society. Previously, Ro was an engineer at Stanford University working on a social impact tool for equity and representation across media and journalism. She's a proud alumna of Lehman College with a BA in computer science. Welcome to the program, Ro. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well, too. Thank you so much for being here. Um, to kick us off, what first sparked your interest in technology and tech policy? Uh, in technology, I sort of have always been somewhat into technology since I got my first computer. I remember having to wait till my mom was asleep to use the internet because I would use the phone line for internet. Uh, and I would sort of rabbit hole into everything technology when I had the chance to. And I started coding websites in high school uh, through a program that I participated in. And that sort of started my love for technology. Uh, but tech policy came in when I started seeing how technology didn't serve the people from my community as well as people who had other privileges. Um, whether it's access to information, to resources, to better understand how to navigate the internet, how to navigate digital platforms and spaces. And I tried to mitigate this by working with civic tech organizations, with government agencies, with uh, academia, and offering my skills as a software engineer to try to help these communities in one way or another. But I wanted to have a larger impact. And for me, I felt the only way to do that was to work on tech policy that can help mitigate these issues. Because I feel once something is codified into law, then it stays forever, um, or at least in my lifetime. And that's also a scary thing, because it's important that we make sure we get the language right. and. I wanted to be a part of that conversation to offer a perspective from somebody who is from a historically excluded community and make sure that we are working on these issues from an equity and fairness perspective. Yeah, that definitely makes a lot of sense. And that's definitely a super important perspective, I think, for all tech policy workers to have. Um, and speaking of working with technology and social impact and working at the intersection of those two. Can you tell us a little bit about what motivated you to transition from your work as a software engineer at Capital One to joining the Stanford Computational Policy Lab? And what were the biggest things you took away from this experience as a social impact engineer? Yeah, so for me, I pretty much always knew I wanted to work in a sort of social justice space. While I was at Lehman, I participated in a mentorship program through the CUNY system. And I had met Bill Cromie, 
And I had explained my sort of dilemma where I wanted to go do social uh, justice work. And also I had a family to take care of. So how do I figure out how to connect those two things? And he told me, do what you need to do now so you can do what you want to do later. And I took that to heart and, and I sort of think of the things I'm going to do next from that perspective. And I knew once I started my software engineering career, that this was going to be a stepping stone for me to work at Capital One. And when I saw that there was a position open at Stanford to work in their computational policy lab, I, I immediately jumped on it because I could still be a software engineer, but use my skills to have direct impact on people that I wanted to make sure weren't excluded. And I didn't even think about, should I do this? <laughs> it was something that I knew I had to do. And I'm so thankful for that experience because it really helped me understand how to ask the questions that are necessary to make sure that you are implementing a solution or resource that does help the people that you're trying to help and doesn't create a bigger problem. And it also helped me understand that there's a limit to the tools that we can build for social impact. At the end of the day, if the tool goes away and the problem is still there, then it was only a temporary fix. However, this work is still important. And I think that organizations that are trying to fill the gaps that policy uh, or regulation hasn't covered yet are, are critical in this, in this landscape. So I'm thankful to have had that experience and to know that that's something I can jump back into at any point um, with volunteering. Uh, but I'm also excited to be able to continue to extend this work to policy. And it just seems like a natural transition for me having worked in that space at Stanford. So it's it's definitely an experience that I, I cherish and I'm so happy that I took the took the jump uh, and started the next leg of my career there. Yeah, that's so great to hear. And I think it's really important that point you just made about making sure that the technology we're creating and implementing is actually serving the people we want to serve in the way we want to serve them. So that's really fantastic to hear about. And speaking of working in more of the public sector realm, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about your volunteer work on the digital transformation of New York City's government services and how that's informed the approach that you might want to take to your time on the Hill. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I had learned about this opportunity through LinkedIn, actually. Uh, John Paul Farmer, who was a CTO of New York City, and actually my old boss when I was um, a civic technology fellow at Microsoft, had shared the opportunity. And I thought, oh, this sounds amazing. I get to work in the community that I've been born and raised in, in New York City. Uh, and I can also use my skills to deliver impact to them in a short amount of time. It was only 10 weeks, but it was an incredible experience and really cemented 
my desire to move into a more government space to make sure we were having the most impact on the communities we were trying to help through New York City government agencies. And I had worked on the traffic notification system for New York City, which is essentially a service that allows you to receive a notification when you get a parking ticket. And what was great is that you didn't have to wait until a parking ticket showed up on your windshield. You could just sign up for notifications and it would let you know, hey, uh, you have a parking ticket out for your car. Here are also resources for assistance in helping to pay your parking tickets. And there are also conversations about how to make the process for payment easier. But I think what was amazing was just being part of that conversation with the government agency made me realize how critical it is to consider the decisions that you're making, not just with deploying a tool or a button or a web page, but how that's going to impact the people that are already using some part of this tool. So is it actually going to be helpful? And in order to answer that question, we had conversations and interviews with people from New York City and we got their perspective on, is this gonna be helpful for me? What do I really want? Which is amazing to have that community centered approach, but also important to see how carefully government agencies work to make sure that whatever they implement doesn't break something and making sure that they they make the right choice, which is difficult. And understanding what the right choice means is also difficult. But more than that, I learned that things move really fast and also really slow at the same time in government, which is sort of contradictory and doesn't make sense. Uh, but once you're in it, you do realize, okay, once all the boxes are checked, this is moving fast, but it takes a while to check those boxes. So while that's happening, you have to do some work in the background. So it, it gave me an understanding of how to work in this space and also how to ask the questions that are important for the community that we're serving, but also for the people who are building these tools. Because at the end of the day, those are the people that are gonna be responsible for whatever happens when this tool uh, or resource is deployed. So getting their perspective also and listening to them and understanding the concerns was really important. And I, and I realized how critical it is to communicate in a way that other people can understand you, not just that you understand yourself. Because if they cannot get on board with what you're saying, then the project or your goal is dead in the water because they're not gonna wanna move forward because you didn't take the time to really listen to what they wanted. It's important to listen to every stakeholder and identify who those stakeholders are and meet them where they are, speak their language. Well, that sounds like it was an incredibly valuable experience and definitely is going to have a great impact on your work as a Tech Congress fellow now. And in that vein, what does being a civic technologist mean to you? And what brought you to Tech Congress in the first place? A civic technologist means that you are a resource for every stakeholder in a conversation. And 
that's an important role because you need to understand how everybody's thinking about a certain issue, how everybody wants to communicate about a certain issue and what their end goal is. And it means to me to be empathetic, to be a good listener and to understand what is the problem that we're trying to solve and are we the right people to solve it? And if we're not, who can we bring in to solve this problem? And how does it serve the people in the end? Because at the end of the day, if it, if it doesn't serve the people you're trying to protect, that you're trying to make sure are not left behind, then maybe that's not the problem that you should be solving, or maybe it should be rephrased. So for me, being a civic technologist, considering all of those points. And what brought me to Tech Congress was my frustration with not being able to do more. I felt that as a software engineer, I could code up anything I wanted to try to fix the problem in the meantime. And I'm happy that I have the skills to do that and that I can build community around doing that. And there are already so many incredible organizations doing this kind of work that for me, it didn't feel worthwhile to try to add to that when I could just figure out how to help them move their mission forward. And I wanted to, again, how I felt at Stanford, I wanted to have a much larger and sustainable impact. I wanted the issues that I was working on to help small communities, but in the long run to help everyone else too. I fundamentally believe if you start from the communities of the most vulnerable and with the least amount of resources, then you're building for everyone. And I felt that the only way for me to have the level of impact that I wanted was to figure out how I can do that through technology policy. And to do that on the Hill, there's no other place that you can do that. There's no other place that people will listen to what you have to say as a technologist and consider your perspectives and also allow you to communicate with constituents and, and communities that are being affected and bring in expert advice and get stuff done to make sure that people solve the things that are broken. And instead of depending on other organizations to patch it up for them. And I, again, knew that the only way to do that was through Congress. So I'm happy that Congress exists because now I can work on these issues on the Hill. And I'm, I'm really excited. Well, we love your enthusiasm for your upcoming work in Congress, and we're definitely all super excited for you to get started. And when you're on the Hill, I was wondering what kinds of issues you're most excited to be working on. For me, it's less about the specific issues that I'm excited to work on and more about responding to what constituents want and ultimately what the Congresswoman is interested in. Because at the end of the day, I view my impact on the people I work with as the most important thing and making sure that they are equipped with the tools to be able to ask the questions that they may not be able to ask now because they don't have a technology background. And I don't think you need a technology background to ask the questions you need to be able to build 
resilient technology policy. So I'm focused on changing the culture. So they're able to ask the right questions so that when I'm gone, uh, they won't need me and they'd be able to continue working on these important and critical issues um, in the absence of a tech fellow and make sure that they're really working on the things that are going to have a sustained impact in, in not only um, the members community, but at large, everybody. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And I think it's probably a pretty underappreciated part of any staffer's role. And to end us off here, just a fun question we like to end with. What is the best restaurant that you've been to in DC so far? Okay, so I haven't ventured out to DC yet to eat food. It's on my to-do list, but I did go to a really amazing restaurant called Thai in Sherlington, and it's in Arlington, Virginia, because I live in Alexandria, so I'm pretty just pretty much just looking through all the restaurants that are in this area. Uh, but it was delicious. I had the chicken basil and it was incredible it was spicy but you can change the level of spice if you don't really like spice but i recommend the three chili spice that's how they say it and yeah i'm probably gonna go again this week and probably the week after because it's that delicious so if anybody wants to venture out to arlington virginia check them out because it is so good that's it for now Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts to keep up with everyone's adventures throughout the fellowship. And follow our Twitter at Congress Fellows to keep up with all things Tech Congress. A special thank you to Tech Congress founder Travis Moore and senior advisor Brooke Hunter for their continued support. See you next time.